Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey everyone, Ellie here with some exciting news. My next book, Untouchable, How Powerful People Get Away With It, is now available for pre-order. And if you pre-order, I will send out a free signed book plate to all of you. So I can't wait for you to read this. If you enjoy my weekly columns, you will love this book. We got our first review in. It's outstanding. Uh, I'm thrilled that this is coming out soon. And again, can't wait for you to see it. In the meantime, here is my weekly Friday note to all of you in the cafe community. As always, love to hear your thoughts, questions, or comments. Please send them to me at letters at cafe.com. In my junior year in college, during a classroom discussion about press coverage of the then-approaching 1996 presidential election, a classmate made a casual, almost offhand comment along the lines of, well, Jewish people run the media. This fellow student was a friend of mine, though not a close one. We did student government together. We'd say hi around campus. He was generally a mild, inoffensive presence. I probably wouldn't really remember him today if not for this incident. I'm a little embarrassed to admit it now. But when he made that comment in class, my reaction was, well, nothing. At the time, it seemed like a benign generalization that advanced whatever larger point he was making. I had no idea if it was true or not, and I was probably halfway checked out on the classroom conversation anyway. This was an early Friday class, forgive me. More importantly, I had no sense of the deep historical roots of the anti-Semitic sentiment behind his comment. The timeless, invidious notion that a small cabal of Jews control the world, the banks, Hollywood, the law, the media. And honestly, looking back, I don't think he fully realized it either. After class, another Jewish student came up to me and asked, with some alarm in her voice, whether I could believe what our classmate had just said. I didn't know what she was talking about at first. She explained that the comment about Jews in the media was anti-Semitic and that we needed to call it out at our next class meeting. My reaction, I'll now admit, was a shrug of the shoulders and a casual, eh, not really interested, he's harmless, what are you gonna do? I tell this story to illustrate that I've been lucky, privileged really, to grow up almost entirely insulated from what I'd call firsthand anti-Semitism. Note, I'm Jewish, you probably knew that or figured it out by now. The fact that this relatively mundane incident sticks out in my mind speaks to just how little anti-Semitism I've directly encountered. I've heard a few jokes or other comments that got close to the line, but I've never felt personally threatened or endangered. I realize now that I remained largely ignorant of anti-Semitism, its history and its dimensions, particularly its more subtle forms, for too long. Yet of all people, I should have been most keenly attuned to the evils of anti-Semitism, even the casual variety on display in my classroom that day. 
Both of my paternal grandparents were Holocaust survivors, and they lost most of their extended families to the Nazi death camps. I've written more about them for CNN, which you can find on the internet and linked in my cafe piece. My grandfather, who I'm named after, died before I was born, but my grandmother lived until 2008, so I knew her well. She lived through the worst conceivable manifestation of anti-Semitism, and she bore the scars throughout her life. She never talked about the trauma, but we could see it. Yet recently, when Kanye West and Kyrie Irving both went on anti-Semitic public benders, my first instinct was similar to my reaction to the incident back in college. Hey, they're jackasses, it's only words, ignore them and just move along. But it's a mistake to glibly dismiss Kanye and Irving as silly, thoughtless, ignorant celebrity clowns. Yes, they both are all of those things, but the problem is they both matter especially to young people. Go to my kid's suburban New Jersey high school and I assure you, Kanye would have 100% name recognition while Irving would be at maybe about 75%. I'm sure far fewer students could name our two US senators. Best case scenario, maybe we get something like that bald guy who always gets all emotional and used to date Rosario Dawson and some other dude who's always in trouble with the FBI. It's also impossible to ignore how even the smallest spark from even the most idiotic flint can ignite a brush fire. Right after Kanye and Irving made their comments, we saw a wave of enthusiastic agreement from others voicing similar anti-Semitic sentiments. There was the predictable explosion of bile on Twitter and elsewhere on social media, but we also saw more sophisticated forms of concurrence. Other influential celebrities who defended Kanye's comments a large anti-Semitic banner unfurled above a highway in California, an electronic scroll outside a big-time college football game in Florida. Those displays of hate reminded me that anti-Semitism runs deeper and wider than I often recognize. It's as if there's this barely submerged population out there, jacked up and ready to come to the surface whenever they get the signal. On the other hand, there was plenty of good in the public response as well. Kanye lost many of his endorsement deals, and now he's even more of a pariah than before, but I also would not count him out permanently by any means. Irving more or less drifted by in the same oblivious pseudo-intellectual fog where he permanently resides, though his team, the Brooklyn Nets, offered up a donation to anti-hate groups in response to public fury and stuck Irving's name on it for show. When Irving still failed to apologize or walk back his statement despite multiple opportunities, the team finally suspended him. Plenty of people condemned anti-Semitism on social media, including some who posted a meme about supporting their Jewish friends. Normally, I'm no fan of demonstrative online, I stand with so-and-so sentiments. They can seem cheap and convenient and self-congratulatory. But I will say, I did feel a genuine sense of gratitude when I saw these posts. I guess it's easier to be dismissive of these shows of support when you're not the target. Lesson learned. I don't have a cure for anti-Semitism, of course. It's been around as long as the Jews, and it's one of the oldest and most durable isms in our collective history. I can say this. It's always a struggle. On one side, you've got not so much Kanye and Irving themselves, but the forces who they speak for and speak to. And on the other, you've got, well, everyone else. I still feel safe and protected in this country. Maybe I shouldn't be this casual given my family's experience, but I've never genuinely feared another Holocaust or anything close to it in the United States in my lifetime. On the other hand, Threats lurk. In the immediate wake of our most recent spasm of anti-Semitism, the FBI warned of a specific and credible threat to New Jersey-based synagogues. 
Ever since the Pittsburgh synagogue massacre in 2018, armed security guards or police officers have become necessarily omnipresent in synagogues during major holidays and other events. A few months ago, when I spoke at my synagogue, my town's police chief, who's not Jewish, insisted on attending in uniform to make sure everyone was safe, while their neighboring town sent one of their officers to secure the door. It's upsetting that such precautions were necessary, but I was moved by the unsolicited show of support and protection by these officers for their Jewish friends and neighbors. I suppose the thing about anti-Semitism or racism or homophobia or sexism or any form of hatred is that there's always something you can do to help, even if it's just a word of support, a gesture of empathy, a hand lent, or yes, even a social media post. It matters. History has taught us what happens when hatred is met with mass silence or worse, silent assent. The collective force of a community makes a difference. Anti-Semitism will never go away. But as I've learned since the days of my indifferent response to the incident in my college classroom, it's always worth it to call it out and to fight back. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay informed.